The text for the message this evening is found in Galatians, the fourth chapter, verses four and five. Galatians, chapter four, verses four and five says this, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Paul's letter to the Galatians is generally considered the first epistle or letter that he wrote. They believe it was written about 49 AD. It was written to address the first major doctrinal issue that the early church faced, and that was by those that were called Judaizers who were teaching the new converts, believers, that they needed to conform to the Mosaic law. The apostle likened the need to conform to the law as a Christian to a person who had been set free, returning to bondage, rather than enjoying the liberty that they had received. In chapter 4, he further illustrated this by likening it to a child who even if they were not a servant, were raised like a servant and usually even by a servant until they were old enough or mature enough to be given a position in the family. But what he was trying to illustrate to them is that by believing on Jesus Christ, that they were adopted into the family of God as sons. They received sonship and were made joint heirs with Christ. The Lord, one time with the religious leaders who were claiming to be Abraham's children, saying that they were themselves never in bondage, even though they were in Roman bondage at that time, they were unable to recognize their condition, the condition that sin had placed them in. And the Lord told them, If the Son of Man therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And this is essentially what Paul was telling the Galatians. Of course, each Christmas we celebrate God's greatest gift of all, sending his own son in the fullness of time to be our savior and to deliver us from the bondage of sin. It's really a very simple verse, singular sentence. It says, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son. 
Only God, in a simple way, can say something that is very profound. You'd have to really work at this to be able to express what God was conveying in this one sentence. You could say in God's infinite wisdom, by his perfect design, at just the right time, religiously, culturally, and politically, with all the conditions that his divine plan demanded to redeem mankind, when that was all in place, Christ came into the world. The fullness of time. You cannot always pinpoint on a calendar when you're using that type of a, an expression. When it says the fullness of time, it's referencing when something is full or completed. Many years ago, I had the experience of going through three grain harvest, working in a grain elevator. During a harvest, we were open 18 to 20 hours a day. As soon as the farmers could begin bringing in their crops, we were open before 5 in the morning and there until after midnight. You'd get a few hours of sleep and return to the elevator, there'd already be a line of trucks waiting to be unloaded. Some of them had dump boxes, others needed to be shoveled out. You had to weigh them in, weigh them back out, take samples for the state, record their information properly, and this just kept going on and on for three weeks or so. It didn't take long, and I remember feeling like it was never going to end. It just all kind of began to blend together. But yet you knew the day would come where it would all be over. And gradually those signs would, would come in the form of getting up and maybe not as many trucks and slowly seeing that line shorten. The grain bins would be getting full and then some. And then one by one, we would hear of the farms that had completed their harvest, and then in the fullness of time, the harvest ended. So the fullness of time, as we would relate to it, was not a date and a time on a calendar, but for sure God knew when that exact moment would be. But it was in the sense of something being full. Now, we can place something on a calendar, an event, something like a wedding, an anniversary, maybe some other notable occasion, and then we begin to plan for it. We organize for it. We make all the preparations for it. But does that mean it'll go perfectly? No. Weather could change your plans. 
maybe a family crisis. The last few years, COVID canceled a number of events, certainly altered or changed them. But God's timing is perfect. When God orchestrates his plan, everything then works according to his divine will. I was considering the past few days some of the conditions that needed to be in place before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Of course, prophecies concerning his birth began hundreds of years before it. But in 586, Babylon carried Judah into captivity. Israel had already gone into captivity, so the whole nation was carried away captive. But it was due to that time that most of what we now refer to as the Old Testament was recorded on scrolls. In 334 B.C., Alexander the Great conquered the known world. Suddenly, the world began to have a common language that was spoken throughout the known world, Greek, along with its culture. And it was during that time, from about the 3rd to 1st century B.C., the Hebrew Bible, those scrolls, were translated into Greek, into the Septuagint. For the Jews, many of them by this time, referred to as diaspora Jews, in many different countries, no longer able to worship in the temple. They began to worship in synagogues that met throughout the world. Of course, Rome eventually replaced Greece as the dominant world power. And in order to exert their dominance, they created roads throughout their empire that led to relatively safe travel. So this made it possible for a a time period to come that is called the Pax Romana, or the Roman peace. This lasted for over 200 years, beginning just a couple of decades before Jesus was born. One of the few times in history there was peace throughout the world. Also provided the ability for the gospel to be spread. It took just the right emperor to be in power to decree that all the world should be taxed. It took the right governor in Syria to proclaim that there needed to be a census in order to facilitate that taxation. It took the right tyrant to be on the throne in Jerusalem, the right wise men to be observing the heavens in Persia. It took the right carpenter to be working in Nazareth. And it took all the prophecies 
concerning the Messiah to be fulfilled. You can be for sure that God's timing is not too early. It's not too late. It's going to be perfect. And everything was coming together the way it should be for our Savior to be born in a humble manger manger in Bethlehem. The angels were ready to proclaim it. As we heard this morning, the shepherds, they were in the right place that they needed to be. And then when everything was full, everything was complete. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son. And how thankful we are as we are able to gather in these services and celebrate the birth of the one who came to seek and to save that which was lost. Within the Christmas story, we can find very personal accounts. Again, this morning, Brother Dave spoke of the shepherds. What a wonderful event that was to them. An event that we're still talking about today. Also within that same chapter in Luke's gospel, there's an account where Joseph and Mary, they took the baby Jesus to Jerusalem And this was in accordance to the law of Moses to take him to the temple to present him to the Lord. And when they came into the temple, there was a man there named Simeon waiting to meet them. The Holy Ghost had revealed to Simeon that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We don't know how long it was before this that the Holy Ghost had revealed that to him. But on that day that Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus, the Holy Ghost told Simeon to go to the temple. So he was there right at that exact moment when they brought in the baby Jesus. And in Luke's gospel, the second chapter, beginning at verse 28, it says this about Simeon. Then he took the baby Jesus up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And then it says, And Joseph and Mary marveled at those things which were spoken of him. When the apostle Paul years later wrote to the Galatians, reminding them that the fullness of time when it had come, that God sent forth his son, just like the Holy Ghost 
revealing the Christ child to Simeon, the message to the Galatians. It was very personal too. Perhaps when they heard those words in Paul's letter, they reflected immediately upon the account of Jesus' birth, something that would have been going around in the early Christian community. And what a humbling thought that must have been for them, those that were struggling in their faith. And here being reminded that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. They they had to realize that the Lord was willing to lay aside his heavenly glory and, and the splendor of it. And as Paul would later write to the Philippians, and made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself. First, he humbled himself just to come down to the earth. But he also humbled himself to become obedient to death, even the death of the cross. In glory above, our Lord knew why he needed to come according to his Father's will. So it was a a message with deep meaning. It was very personal to the Galatians, and it's still a personal message here tonight, just like a Christmas gift that says from and to. You can place your name right at the end of that scripture because it's from God and it's to you. You can read it. You can say when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son for me. God sent forth his son for you. Why? Because the the world needed a savior. Israel needed a savior. The shepherds, they needed a savior. The Galatians, they needed a savior. Simeon, he needed a savior. And if you're not saved tonight, you need a Savior. It was for you and me that God sent forth his Son. And he's here tonight. The gospel message never changes. God has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And for those that are not saved tonight, he's come here to seek and to save that which was lost. It caused God his most prized possession in heaven to seek after your soul and to put you in that place where he can save it. And if you find that 
great gift tonight that God has for you. It's that one Christmas gift that will far exceed all expectation. It's a Christmas gift that never grows old and always remains new. It's a Christmas gift that always works in any situation. And it's available here tonight. If you are not saved, do not go any farther into this Christmas season without coming down here and getting that gift that God has for you. We're going to have a time to pray. It's Christmas season, but let's have a season of prayer. The song's 487 and the altars are open.